G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today. On 1629 SEN Hobart, Jack and Flash with Jack Revolt and David Lifter. And welcome to another massive edition of the Jack and Flash show. Thanks to Harrison Agents, Tasmania's real estate experts. Flash it has been a massive, massive week in sport. But the biggest news in Hobart Town is that I am out of quarantine, yes. David. We are sitting here in the beautiful Harrison's building. In Salamanca. Good to see you, pal. It's very, very good to see you face-to-face, Flash. And we're going to be talking all things sport today. Tasmanian sport, Australian sport. It's all about us, mate. Tassie, Tassie, Tassie. And, of course, the sporting night we had last night. It was was the first, first time, Flash, that... We felt like we maybe just chucked the green and gold back oh. on. Of course, had the World Cup qualifier against Saudi Arabia, which was a, uh, a nil-all draw, and we should have won that. Oh, and well, we will, we will delve deep into this today. But Australia's win in the T20, uh, well, semi-final of the World Cup. It's a which classic, was Jackie boy. Absolutely unbelievable. So first things off the bat, Flash. How much sleep have you had from last uh, night? Long day yesterday in um, calling the cricket, actually, so I was pretty cooked, and I reckon I fell asleep about quarter to nine, um, but then woke up at one, and I sort of went on 10-minute intervals, had a 20-minute kip and another 10 and 20, but I watched most of the second innings, and they were gone. Um, the Aussies, no make no mistake about it, when Wadey came in at five for 90-odd, um, just an incredible performance. One of the ones that you... You know, you didn't see coming. The beauty of it is with Matthew Wade's case that the critics are out. I mean, I love Warney's. Um, have we got any of those highlights? Mitch, I didn't talk to that this morning. Warney spraying him the other week. Why is he in this team, etc., etc.? I feel like Matthew Wade's had critics around him for 15 years, and every time you think he's dead and buried, here he comes. But that is the cream on his cake. Jack, let me talk, take you through his last eight balls. So... He's finished with 41 off 17. He went for 33 of his last eight. And he went 6-1-4-1-2. Ramp, six, bang, one into the crowd at mid-wicket. And then finished with another ramp. Game over. Australia versus New Zealand Monday morning. Our time. Cannot wait. And, of course, the scores from last night. Pakistan started well. Four for 176 off their 20 overs. Batting first. And Australia, well, they were struggling, Flash, as you were saying. Wadey did go bang, but managed to, well, <laughs> somehow have managed to win the game with an over to spare and five wickets down. We've got a massive show today, Flash. We've had all the sport that's been happening, but we have absolutely loaded up today's show. The big news, though, is Tim Payne won't be joining us. No. And I'm still yet to hear why he won't be joining us. There's, there's rumours going around that he sacked us now that Cricket Australia have reeled him in mm. and said... Maybe he's been dropping a few too many bombs here in the uh, early days of Jack and Payne. Yes. But uh, he won't be joining us, but he'll be filled in by an all-star cast. We've got Adam Collins coming in right from, live from the UK, who's going to be talking cricket and everything that happened last night. We're going to be chatting a little bit of NBL Blitz. We are going to be chatting to Dom Baker, who's obviously the head of cricket 
What's happening to Bell Reeve? We're going to get a test or not? Well, there's some cricket happening there today, and you've been calling that on KO Sports, Tasmania playing South Australia, so I'm looking forward to chatting a little bit about that. Uh, We're chatting to Daniel Garb, who's uh, well-known in the soccer media in Australia here as well, and he'll give us the rundown of last night's game against Saudi Arabia. But we, when big news drops, we always head straight to the top here, and we'll have the Premier Peter Gutwin on after eight today as well. So certainly... A big, big show. Now, Flash, we have spoken about last night's uh, cricket game. And it's been a really interesting journey following Australia through the T20s. But the game was called on SEN uh, by Sam Hargraves and Darren Berry. And we've got a few little snippets snippets from last night. Wade has launched him out. Wade's been dropped at deep mid-wicket. Wade's been dropped by Hassan Ali at deep mid-wicket. Might have just dropped the World Cup. 18 off nine. Afridi to Wade. Oh, Wade's ramped him. Wade has ramped Afridi for six. Afridi comes in again. Six. Wade has absolutely bludgeoned him over mid-wicket for six. Wow. Six off seven needed. Afridi to Wade. Done him again. Wade's done him again. A full toss. Six. He's ramped it for six. six. Australia win. Australia into the World Cup final. Last oh night, New God. Zealand got the defibrillator out and came back from the dead. Tonight, Australia climb out of their grave. There you go. There's some audio from last night. Um... Well, Chuck Berry was, oh, he was going Sammy bonk. Sammy was Sammy right up on his toes, wasn't he? Wouldn't want to have been around the precinct in, uh, in, in, well, in Melbourne there as well, because they were absolutely going bonkers, the boys at, at SEN. We did hear a little snippet of the Matthew Wade. I've got the full snippet here from yes. Matthew Ch- Wadey, sorry, chatting to, to Gary and Tim this morning. Yeah, I just, as a slower ball, I just kind of got a bit toey and turned it, and I thought I was going to gap it, but the field got there early and um, kind of just went through, straight through his hands, so... I feel a little bit sorry for him a little bit. I think, you know, it gets focused. I'm just impressed then, and I reckon I got asked 15 times about it as well. So it's going to be the focus point for, for them. Um, but I think at that stage, we only needed maybe 14 off, off eight or nine balls. So I think by that stage, we'd swung the momentum back a little bit. And that's the conversations that I was having with Marcus Stoyne. So there are, you know, I was like, I was just, I'm, I'm just going to go every ball here. You've got Paddy Cummins coming next. And if you're here in the last over, then we'll win the game. So I feel like the momentum had turned by that stage, um, luckily. I can't really remember them. I know it sounds silly. I, lapped, I think I lapped and then I hit one over mid-wicket and then I lapped again. But I didn't know they were in a row. Like, I came off the ground and they're, uh, you know, it's kind of, you know, it hasn't sunk in yet. We're still at the ground now. I'll go back to the hotel and by tomorrow morning it might might sink in a little bit. But, yeah, it happened very quickly, that's for sure. I, was, I think I was 10 off 10 and then, you know, it's go time now. Well, we're not going to win this game and I managed to get a couple um, late in the over before and then, yeah, managed to follow it up. So... Yeah, as I said, you know, a lot of credit has to go to Storney as well to get us to that stage. And, you know, I came out there and we were five for 90 and he hit the next ball for six after we just lost a wicket. So off the spinner, um, you know, it takes, uh, takes some um, bravery to do things like that. There you go, Flashman. Matty Wade chatting to Gary and Tim this morning in SEN Melbourne. Amazing that he was dropped. It sort of had a bit similar to the, the World Cup well, uh, Damien Fleming style, yeah. and, and when uh, well, I think it was Jonty, was it Jonty Rhodes or Herschel Gibbs? Sorry, who dropped yep. the World Cup? Well, that was the call, dropped the World Cup. But an, an amazing, amazing night, and really looking forward to chatting to Adam, Adam Collins, who we'll be chatting all things cricket with just Super. after the next break here. As always, you can hit us up, uh, talkback style, thirteen hundred forty-two fifteen thirty-three, or text us on oh four three seven double five two five three five one. Off the text already. How about Matty Wade? How bloody good! 
come on Tasmania and come oh, on Australia. Yes. Go, was, boy, go. There certainly would have been people all over the country, but down here in the Apple Isle with, with Matty Wade, the, the Tasmanian warrior he is, he's got that grit style about him, just dragging the boys over the line and putting on... Well, I mean, it's got us to, to now the World Cup, T20 World Cup final against... New Zealand. I don't think we saw... I didn't see this coming, by the way. Can I get that? No, I, I, I think this format... Oh, I had massive queries how we were travelling a month ago. Yeah, but it's that is the the style of T20. The it fact is. that you can... You come can, good at the right you time. You can come good at the right time. We Momentum. Questioned as, as our batting lineup was questioned as certainly the top end of the order, which was sort of even filtering into the test selections and, and how people were thinking that the test side will, will stack up this summer. But certainly a, a, a very, very... Um, Interesting, uh, interesting game. Is, and, is it Wadey's greatest moment? I think it is. I mean, he's he's two hundreds in an Ashes series in England will never be forgotten. So maybe we're prisoner of the moment. But gee, oh, I'll tell you what. If he backs it up in the final, <laughs> could be arguably one of well a crowning moment and what's been a, a really interesting career for Matthew Wade and one that certainly isn't done at the moment. Uh, the other big news in cricket and certainly in Tasmania Flash is the the Western Australian Test, the Perth Test, and there's a bit happening here, but, and we put this on the agenda a while ago, I think nearly probably six months, six weeks ago when we had the Premier on the show, chatting about the logistics of getting in from New South Wales, where the, the New Year's Eve test will be, into Perth uh, and, and getting the players there. And it seems that the, the, the Premier may have just dropped a little bombshell in here and, and sort of get the, got the skates rolling from the, from the Western Australian Government. I think the question now just really comes down to what the Western Australian Premier does here. He's made the mandate very clear that they, they're not making any exceptions. 90% or go away. Christina Matthews from the Wacker, of course, spoke out the last 48 hours and had a press conference and said, you know, thanks for your interest, Mr Gutwin, but go away in no uncertain terms. So, you know, where does that head look? It's way bigger than you and I. Sports stuff, he's known how this political row will go. However, we're in the game. Can we get Tim Payne, test number five, Ashes series at home? You know, the family's about everyone, a packed house. That's as good as it gets, isn't it, as Bruce oh, would say? It, it, it certainly would be. Oh we spoke about Matthew Wade's crowning glory. Well, if Tim Payne could... Are you going to fit him in the top six just, again, Wadey? <laughs> pulse! Just lift. He's nearly made the, the, the Mount Rushmore now, Wadey, off that performance of last oh. night. But the crowning glory to hold that little urn up, as no doubt, Flash, you and I, we've had a few cans sitting on the hill watching mm. him do it out down at Belrive Oval, Bunston Arena, and that little urn just being launched up in the yes. air as a 5 0 victory for the, for the Ashes boys and the Australian boys there. And, and that was for you, Warney. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh, very good. The other person we're going to have on is Don Bacon. He will be chatting yes. a little bit about cricket. CEO of Cricket Taz, CEO, of course. CEO of Cricket Taz. We'll chat a little bit of Shield with him. Um, and also we'll be chatting uh, how they see Cricket, cricket Tasmania has been involved in the push for the fifth test. Up next, though, we are heading to the UK right on the other side of the globe to wrap up last night's unbelievable T20 semi-final. And we'll chat the first final as well because we better give the Kiwis a little bit of a chat. Uh, discuss the Ashes uh, with SEN Test Cricket Adam Collins. This is Jack and Flash right here on SEN Hobart. Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today. On 1629 SEN Hobart, Jack and Flash with Jack Revolt and David Lifter. Jack and Flash. 
Welcome back to Jack and Flash on SEN Hobart and right around the country on the SEN app. And as always, you can give us a call on 1342 1533 or send us a text on the text line at 0437 552535. Flash, we've been building an absolute gluttony of um, international reporters here. We've got, yes. uh, was, that, was that Mike, our man in oh, Philadelphia? Tremendous. Yeah, we, yep. we had We'll have him on next week, I think. Next week. You've still got Jock Langdale to get back on us, but... Jock's got um, COVID. Did you know that? <laughs> no, I didn't actually. Mm. Oh, that's no good. Um... All things cricket at the moment. Cricket is the flavour of the well, flavour of the day. Certainly after last night's performance. So we are going to head over to Adam Collins, SEN Test cricket commentator in the UK. Adam, welcome to the Jack and Flash show. How are you, mate? I'm good. What a what a thrilling, stunning semi-final that was. Backing up after yesterday, I think after the England New Zealand game, my thinking was, well, if this is half as good, it'll be a thriller. And I think it might have might have even been better again. Uh, and not least due to the miraculous performance of Tasmanian Matthew Wade, probably his best ever night in an Australian shirt. It certainly was amazing, and uh, there'll be a lot of people waking up here in Hobart this morning and reading the Mercury and looking online and seeing the performance of, obviously, the great Tasmanian Matthew Wade and certainly dragged Australia over the line. Did, did, Adam, did you see this coming at all for, for Australia? Because the, the form was pretty poor leading in, even the two trial games, and sort of fumbled and bummed their way through the through the preliminary games and then have hit their straps really the last last two performances. Yeah, and I think that's why T20 cricket over the last 15 years has been such an attractive form of the game. It's not a lottery. That's not doing it justice. But if you click, it can only take a few overs to completely turn a game or a tournament. And look, that's where Australia were. At 5 for 95, uh, from there, it looked like they were gone. But Marcus Stoinis showed composure initially and took a lot of the strike in that partnership with Wade in the first instance, and then Matthew Wade got hot. Granted, he was dropped four balls before the end of the game. It seems remarkable now that at that stage, Australia still needed, I think they needed 18 to win, and Wade went 6-6-6 six, six, six and won the thing. It was an extraordinary uh, finish. Hassan Ali, the Pakistani fast bowler, put him down. Uh, it was 20 to win, sorry, um, but it was game over three balls later, which says a bit about how volatile the game was, how, how quickly it twisted and turned. And yeah, that, I think that's partly why T20 remains such a, an attractive form. Adam, good morning. Thanks for joining us. Flash here. I take us back to the the first inch with Pakistan, and that I, 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 hindsight's a wonderful thing. But you look back at the the opening stand with Rizwan and Azam, and perhaps in hindsight, a good stand got them going. They put on seventy, but you look at maybe a whisker slow in terms of how the games have been rolling. Is that what you thought and how you summed it up sort of looking back? Yeah, I agree, Flash. That's exactly what I reckon. They'll, they'll look back this, tomorrow morning when they wake up in, in Pakistan and they'll say, look, yes, there was the drop catch and yes, they, they lost their bundle at the very end. And look, very brave batting from Matthew Wade to get in the line of Shaheen Sharafridi bowling at 150 clicks and playing two ramp shots, by the way. I mean, that takes some serious guts. But they'll go back and look at being a bit light on, 176 they made in their 20 overs, only losing four wickets. And that's probably flattered by Thakur Zaman, who hit two sixes in the last three balls. If not for that, they're sort of hovering in the 160s, which is probably under par, given that great start they got, at least in terms of laying a foundation with Barbara Zaman and Mohamed Rizwan, who's turned into one of the, well, one of the most impressive players on the planet across the formats. And he still made 67 or 52, but... Given the way he was striking the ball in the power play, maybe that should have been 
75 off, off 52, and it would have been a marginally different game. But that doesn't quite tell the full story either, because Adam Zampa, one for 22 from four, he has been outstanding through the competition, both in terms of his economy rate and the wickets that he's taken throughout. Glenn Maxwell went for 10 in his first over inside the power play and only conceded 10 further runs in his next two overs. Really important in the middle there. And as always, Patrick Cummins, one for 30, but that includes going for only three runs from the 19th over with a slew of slower balls. And, I mean, you can see why he's the class act he is when having to deliver on that stage in a big global semi-final. And there he is, Pat Cummins, delivering for Australia again. As a huge fan of Mitch Swepson, I've been almost desperate to get him involved in the national setup in one day as T20s, etc. Adam, and the problem is that Zampa's last couple of years has been tremendous. I mean, I guess in terms of a player of the tor- tournament nominee, you know, game after game, he has been absolutely outstanding. I think he probably is the player of the tournament. I mean, I haven't thought too deeply about that question, but this, as you asked it, it's hard to think of a bowler who's had more of an impact on this competition than Adam Zampa. So you're right. In terms of white ball selections for Australia, it's clearly Zampa and Agar. And I reckon a fortnight ago, we would have thought, well, look, Ashton Agar won't play at the start, but the pitches will deteriorate. They're playing a lot of cricket across three venues, and he might be required at the very end. And even though Josh Hazelwood went around today conceding 49 runs, they're not going to leave Josh Hazelwood out of the final. So it'll be three quicks and Zampa, and then the all-rounder in Maxwell slash Mitchell Marsh. They'll stick with the winning formula. Um, but yeah, it, it, there's really only need for one specialist spinner because Zampa is so good. He is set and forget for four overs every game. He's not going to go around, and he'll take consistent wickets. And look, he got Australia going. When Barbara Azam and Rizwan looked like they might bat for the majority of the innings, it was a, a variation from him that, that drew the false stroke from Barbara Azam and picked him up to, to get Australia in those middle overs. So... Absolutely. As for Swepson, I mean, he'll play test cricket before he plays white ball cricket for Australia, I think. We're at that stage now when Australia next year go to Pakistan in March, they go to Sri Lanka in July, and they go to India technically in October, but I think they'll have to shuffle that series around the T20 World Cup. Three test series in the subcontinent. Uh, Don't worry, your boy's going to be playing for Australia very soon. Before we chat a bit of uh, test cricket, and certainly this show, he has dropped a few bombshells in terms of test cricket and the Ashes coming up. The, the final against New, New Zealand in the T20 World Cup. How do you see it playing out? New Zealand certainly, uh, they go under the radar, but certainly the number one test team in the in the, uh, in the world, New Zealand, and now charging through a T20, they bat way above their what average. What a couple of years they've had. It's going to be a fantastic game, isn't it, Adam? Yeah, I mean, how can you not just admire New Zealand? Uh, you know, all the cliches about being more than the sum of their parts and doing doing more with less, well, they're kind of true. They are doing more with less consistently across the formats. They were within a hair's breadth of being 50-over World Cup champions in 2019, robbed by the boundary countback. They won the World Test Championship against India in a thrilling display at Southampton in June this year. And now they're one game away from being T20 champions when... They lost their first game of the competition and have won every game since and really pulled it out of the bag, scoring what they had to get 57 from 24 to win that game when they did it with an over to spare with you know, Jimmy Neesham and, and Daryl Mitchell, a player like Daryl Mitchell. He has barely opened the batting at all in T20 cricket and they just took a bit of a punt on him and here he is perhaps the most effective opener just about in the competition, right there alongside Joss Butler. A, a bit of a... Um, a bit of a problem for New Zealand, though, is some breaking news coming out of the, the Kiwi camp this evening is that Devin Conway has broken a finger in the semi-final. He's going to miss the final. So 
how they readjust missing Conway, who's been a phenomenon since coming onto the scene earlier this year. That, that's yet to be seen, but uh, that means they can't go in unchanged. But, uh, yeah, just their disposition and the way they've gone about these major tournaments, I think it'll be that old Alistair Clarkson thing, won't it? Uh, lose a soldier, replace a soldier. Shield cricket in full swing, and I was good enough, well, I've been lucky enough to watch every ball of uh, the Tassie South Australia game. A good full day's cricket yesterday. We saw Kawaja's performance the other day, incredible innings, uh, all bowled out for 130 or thereabouts. Was making 70 of them. Harris overnight been basically declared that he's got an opening spot. Um, so that deal's almost, it seems that it's done. We know that Warner and Harris are now going to be the ones. I had Travis Head, Adam, booked in as a spot a week ago. I said he's pretty much can't move. Now they've gone that way and said, no, no, we're going to start with Harris. It looks like Kawaja will bat at five and maybe Head misses out. Is that how you see it? What's your thoughts on that? Because this is a, it's a really interesting race as we build up to the first test. Yeah, it's been four years since Australia, uh, whether when it was this, this, this unclear about what the top seven would be, um, was the last Ashes series. You might recall when Tim Payne uh, and Sean Marsh uh, were recalled at short notice and Cameron Bancroft uh, came in to open the side. That's the last time I can remember an Australian test team where, where there's this much volatility leading into the summer. But I think this time around, it's, it's mostly, for the, mostly for positive reasons. I mean, sure, there's not a lot of form to go on. Remember, their last test match was in January. They've played you know, four times since COVID-19 broke out compared to England, who played 20 times. So... You know, England have got more to go on in, in test form recently. But Travis Head made runs to start the season. Usman Kawaja looks like he's in the form of his life. Marcus Harris has made runs so far this season. And then there are the Smokies, and they exist. And I'd count Mitch Marsh as a Smokie in this. Remember that four years ago in this corresponding Ashes series, he did make two centuries, one at Perth and one at Sydney after coming in to replace Peter Hanscom. So, I, I, and Mitchell Marsh, 30 years of age, a senior player, a former vice captain of the test team, it's, it's worth remembering too. So, and he has a, an extra option with the ball and, uh, you know, they, they like to have someone who can bowl in the top six and the last time Marsh played test cricket, he took a fifer against England at the Oval in, in 2019. And then there's Cameron Green, who presumably will be set and forget at five or six, depending on how they want to configure uh, that lineup. So, yeah, look, a, a lot of questions, but I feel like most of them, with the exception of the injury, the unfortunate injury to Will Pekoski, are kind of good questions right now when you consider that Warner, Smith and Labuschagne pick themselves. And from there, yeah, a, a few perhaps Jenga blocks and all the rest of it, but um, they are getting a lot of cricket in before the first test match at the Gabba, which um, hasn't always been the case. The fact that it's a delayed start to the summer does help in that respect as well. It certainly does. And another smoky boys, I've just got Nick Maddinson. Just <clears throat> watch this space. There. He's well, batting he very well. He keeps off yep. hundreds, doesn't he? He does, he does, he does. Adam, the, the, we, well, this show here, we, we've obviously launched with, with Tim Payne as, as a co-host and now he's bunkered down and getting ready for the Ashes. But he certainly threw the cat amongst the pigeons early with the English media. Was there, are they a little bit precious over there with, with our boy Payne? And well, we won't have the full Barmy Army out here this summer, but... <laughs> Is, is there a really large target on his back? Look, how I'd put it is this. The Barmy Army are not a representative sample of England cricket supporters. They are a very dedicated group of guys, mostly guys, who travel overseas. 
uh, and they, um, y- you might have heard them on the coverage yesterday. They've got about three songs. They get very drunk most of the time and they sing all day. Good luck to them. But I would say that the broader cricket population over here have a fairly healthy respect for what Tim Payne's been able to achieve, uh, having taken over this Australian team at such a low ebb after the sandpaper Frago in, in 2018. The fact that he's been able to get this second, least, well, this, this unexpected second test career, which he himself didn't think was going to happen when he was ready to retire from cricket altogether uh, back, in, back in 2016. So I think most people have a, a respect for what he's been able to achieve. And then you get the usual kind of pre-Ashes phony war um, that, I mean, I find sometimes a little bit unedifying, uh, but, I mean, it's clearly uh, part of the discourse between the nations when it comes to Ashes cricket that you're going to have to deal with a few salvos uh, when you build up to the first test match, and, and so it goes each time. So, look, yes, there will be uh, some England supporters, and, you know, mentioning the Barmy Army as one group of England supporters who, who, who won't leave him alone, but I think taken as a whole, it's a bit more measured than that. Can you give us a just just really quickly the, the confidence level of the English cricket team coming out here? There's been a few quarantine issues, and there haven't been sort of publicly in favour or supporting coming out here and, and serving the quarantine. Do you do you do you think they've got do you think they've got a chance? And what do you reckon they rate their chances are? Well, just on the quarantine matter, I think it's ridiculous they're quarantining at all. Uh, had Cricket Australia been willing to show some flexibility around the Brisbane Test match, uh, this could have been all resolved by playing the first test in a part of Australia that doesn't require quarantine at the moment, which Hobart. are now myriad. I mean, you could have played in... Well, Hobart, not quite now because of the no. your border there doesn't open up till I think it's December 19th. But the very fact that we're at the very... Uh, at the moment, we're having this conversation. There's a debate going on around the Perth Test match. Now, for mine, the fact that we are asking the players from both teams to do an additional quarantine in Western Australia in order to get into Perth to be in another hard bubble, if I were the players, I'd be saying no. I'd be saying, no, we will not do that. We, the, the, the conditions on coming out to Australia were no further quarantine, no further conditions like this, like hard bubbles. Um, what they might have to sacrifice to play that final test at Perth, I, I, if I were the England team or in, indeed the Australian team, I'd be saying, no thanks, we're going to go to Hobart. Uh, we're going to play the final Ashes test in a in, in, at a ground which uh, will, will surely support the enterprise. I know that there's been some criticism of Hobart test crowds over the years, but this would be different gravy. This would be more akin to the Big Bash, where the Hurricanes sell out Bell Reeve routinely. Uh, and it's going to be a venue where there'll be no border issues. And look, that's no hard feelings with Perth, by the way, and the WACA. Um, the people have spoken. Uh, the government got a resounding mandate earlier this year to stay the course with their COVID approach. And so be it. So no hard feelings with the WACA and with Perth and with the WA state government. It is what it is. But based on the way it is, I would have thought the overwhelmingly logical thing to do would be to politely tell uh, Perth that that's not going to happen and reschedule the test match in Tasmania in that January 14 to January 18 window. So, yeah, there has been speculation about the England team, whether they wanted to do hard quarantine. The fact of the matter is they are doing quarantine in in Queensland at the moment and they probably didn't need to. So credit to them for that. Um, As for whether they have a chance on the field, look, I would... uh, The the one... Australia should win, right? They're at home. They tend to do well at home against England over the years. It's not a particularly strong English batting lineup. But I mentioned this earlier. Australia have played precious little test cricket since COVID and across the last two years. England have played loads. So they just have a little bit more to go on uh, in more recent times. So uh, wh- whether that'll count for anything when they arrive for the first test at the Gabba, look, probably not. 
once you're in the hustle and bustle of a test series, prep tends to kind of go out the window. Um, but I, I don't think it's as big a chasm as we might assume, uh, given that it's England and Australia and, and they've been fairly poor tourists over the last few tours, with the exception of 10-11. Well, let's hope it is a large chasm, and we hope the boys do take the Ashes. Adam, you'll be joining Jared Whaley and the team for the Ashes right here on SEN. You can catch on the Final Word podcast. Thank you, mate, for joining us. We really do appreciate you tuning in and listen in because the Premier will be talking all things Tassie cricket after eight, mate. Thanks for joining us. Good stuff. Have a good show, guys. You're listening to Jack and Flash here right on SEN Hobart Flash. What a great chat there. Super. Uh, with Adam Collins. Certainly, it's exciting. And, and they're loving him on the text line as well. This one has come through on 0437 555. Love listening to Adam Collins. Can't wait for the Ashes. He's such a good judge of it, isn't he? Yeah, he is. He's very thorough. Um, and he's been a bit of a... As a fellow commentator, I've admired his persistence getting around the world and sniffing out a gig over the years. And he's done it because he's good. He loves his passionate. And he's a good caller. So... Um, he's, a, he's, a, he's a beauty. Well, Flash, we're going to take a little break in cricket and after the break we're going to be chatting things in the AFL world and there's a few issues that have cropped up. You're listening mm. to Jack and Flash right here on SEN Hobart. Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today. On 1629 SEN Hobart, Jack and Flash with Jack Revolt and David Lifter. Welcome back to Jack and Flash. Thanks to Harrison Agents, Tasmania's real estate experts. You're pumping yourself up there. Well, I am a little bit, actually, and that was certainly not deliberate. Gee, that sun's coming through beautifully today. I wasn't sure, Jack, we're going to get a lot of cricket in today, but I'm thinking... We're in trouble, Flash. There's rain coming. The rain, yeah, it doesn't Mar- look right. Uh, off the McCain's ad, as Marjorie would say, the rains are here. Yes. Well, they're, they're coming. Next week. I mean, you're, at, you're one day out of quarantine, you're back home. It's a beautiful time of the year, normally this time of the year. You're getting close to it, and it's absolutely garbage. Freezing and raining over the next week. I want to talk about footy. Lots of footy topics to talk about. Yeah, which is unusual, isn't it? We're sort of in that little flux before the yes. AFL draft, and usually we don't talk footy, but it's still front and centre at the moment, isn't it? It is indeed. Now, I've got to say, our producer, Mitch Scott, was on to this about three days before I heard anything else. And the first topic is the obvious one. Liam Jones, fellow Tasmanian. I think he was named as the captain, wasn't he, of the potential State of Origin team? Which... I'm happy to serve as a lieutenant to Liam Jones. Very, very good player. And it's, uh, well, I think this was inevitable that someone, and we've, and we've seen with yep. Danny Vernon in the AFLW, that she uh, has refused to get the, or doesn't want to get, sorry, the, the COVID vaccination, and Liam Jones finds himself in the in the same boat. It's a it's a very very strong stance to, to stand up. It's sort of become the public norm. The Kyrie Irving or the Aaron Rodgers. Well, or... yeah, and, and I didn't know whether we would see it in yes. Australian sport. I say it's inevitable, but I still had a gut feel that it would just be, um, it just be just done by every player so they can continue to keep their jobs but Liam Jones finds himself as the trailblazer and and doesn't uh, doesn't want to get the, the COVID vaccination which I mean the ramifications flash obviously there's a spot on the list um, coming up to the to the to the draft he if he doesn't get vaccinated within the next two weeks I think it is then he can actually lose his job he can be delisted and that's something that Carlton have to really think about because if he's so adamant that he's not going to get the vaccination, then he's not going to be allowed to play just due to the fact that the, well, not only the AFL laws are um, and rules guidelines are that you, you've got to be double vaccinated to play. It's the state government laws as well. So he's not going to be able to travel. He's not going to be able to train. Um, 
and they've got to make the decision on whether they keep him on the list or if they go to the draft and select another player. So it's certainly mm. a certainly a big hill to die. Such dial. an important player as well at the Blues. Do you like the fact that they hit, we're at the stage now where the people are named publicly? What's your thoughts on that? Oh gosh, I don't know. Look, I think it's well. Mm. To be honest, I, I I think clubs get on the front foot with this sort of stuff and just mm. and just rip the band aid off because ultimately, when all the players go back to training, whether it's the first or four year players back on. Uh, November 22nd or in Liam James's case he would mean going back to, to training until December 6th that the, this is going to be what the media are looking for they're going to be hot on it who's they not are. at training yep. who's not at training who mm-hmm. hasn't been double vaccinated and the rumour mills will, will start swirling I'm not, I'm, I might not be going back till January 10th so no doubt someone will, someone will write an article about me maybe being not being double vaccinated, but certainly it, it, it's, it tears me a little bit because I still think you should be able to have your own choice on whether you do it. And, and sorry, he does have his own choice. But he does. We're in a world now where, Look, the, where the mandates are in and um, it's clearly a, public, so public health is, is, is put right at the forefront. It's such a difficult one. And again, it's out of our pay grade to talk about it, I'll be frankly, I had no interest in getting any injections or vaccinations, but it really got to the point that, bloody hell, I've just got to conform and you've got to do it. Now, I'm not telling Liam Jones what to do, but, I mean, we've seen in America in terms of financially, um, Kyrie Irving, who's a $40 million Supermax player, he would have signed an extension for three years for 120 large. He won't be. He won't be Brooklyn going forward. We're not talking those figures with Liam Jones, but this is a financial implications here. I mean, he's a he's a fringe All Australian type defender yeah. um, for five, four years. You know, he's transformed his game. It's a bit of brass. He's not going to perhaps get if he. I would that's think difficult. Be, I reckon close to half a mil. Yeah, yep. close to half a mil maybe. That good player uh, uh, and. And you're right, he's, he's made a career out of sort of... He was right nearly on the scrap heap. Oh. He was nearly on the scrap heap and someone... They tried him, the dogs, him forward, it just didn't quite work out. We've no. seen that happen in the history of footy many, many times and he's been one of the great... Leo Barry was one that came to mind. He was he, a high half forward and couldn't get a game and then turned into a star. And he's done the same thing. You've managed to put that back to Sydney somehow. I don't know how you've done Well, that. I'm just giving you an example. Yeah. Come on. Um, thoughts with young Tim McGuinness. I just want to. He's the unfortunately mm. the sort of. Well, we know yeah. that um, Connor McKenna had the positive. It's ended up being a false positive last year. But young Tim McGuinness has tested positive to to COVID nineteen, and is really the first AFL player to test positive. I, I feel bit, for him. You feel for him, and I really feel for him. He, but yeah. it's it's inevitable now that players are going to be testing and testing positive just due to the fact that it is in the community in, in the the big footballing states then that, um, that fine, it's going to be an issue going forward, though, David, issue, next though? year. Next year. It doesn't matter he's been named. I mean, no, no, anything, no, no, anyone not, not him being named, but... That he's just got it. Let's say round one, Dustin Martin tests positive two yeah. days before the hero round one. Yeah. Life is moving on. So we will have to play without Dustin for, for two Ten weeks. Days, so, two it's, weeks. It's, so we've seen it in, you know, obviously bigger sports, but... And that's what I'm getting at. We've been watching this in the NFL and the NBA for two years now and how they've navigated around it. And I, and I guess... From my perspective, um, nothing to see. It's going to happen, you know. With, next year, there's going to be players missing semi-regularly. Hugh Greenwood. Yeah. That was fascinating. Wasn't it fascinating? Well, I mean, he had a super year. Led the league in tackles at least per game average, whatever it was. And 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 this this loophole where you can... We've seen this a, a bit. 
and where you delist somebody and you re-rookie. Delist, you've got to delist three players. Is there a pride make, thing there? Is there from individual? How do you make the choice to choose him? He tweeted last night, still on the primary list, still on the same contract, still been medically cleared to train and play for over a month, still at the Suns, still see everyone round one. Was happy to cop the old clickbait. What, but now, now when, can I ask you this? Yep. When he fell asleep yesterday and, you know, he's away, he goes with the fairies and thinking about life, whatever he is, is he dreaming about Gold Coast round one versus whoever that may be or the Jack Jumpers Ooh. versus Melbourne United? I reckon now, we, that's the question. Let's get him on. Next week. Next week. Well, the week And I need to get the eyeballing when you ask him because I reckon deep down he would think, right, oh. I've made a career of this for six or seven years. Yeah. I'm going back to my favourite game. You've been in the radio caper a while. It's hard to eyeball someone over the air. We'll get him on Zoom so he can see his <laughs> eyes. <laughs> the other one that I wanted to put on the agenda, skin folds. Uh, there's been a lot made of skin folds. I don't think 99.5% of the population, 99.9% of the population would never have had a skin fold test. It's a part of being a professional athlete. You've got to do body checks. It's, yeah. It is what it is. Like, there's... Players that don't know how to train yet, young players, and the skinfold test is certainly one. I hate the word cancel culture because it's generally garbage by right-wing nut jobs, but this is one of those ones where we just, yeah, we just missed the mark there. Come on, uh, sort it out. No, no, no. Give me a spell. All right, well, we're certainly gearing up for a big second hour here. You're listening to Jack and Flash right here on SEN Hobart. Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today. On 1629 SEN Hobart, Jack and Flash with Jack Revolt and David Lifter. Welcome back to Jack and Flash. Uh, another massive edition Flash. We've started well here. Uh, of course, we're brought to you thanks to Harrison Agents, Tasmania's real estate experts. Big second hour Flash. Will Premier Peter Gutman will be chatting to CEO. Don Baker. But this one off the text line, you can always send us a message on 0437 555 or give us a call on 1342 It's certainly divisive, but this text here, how would Liam Jones' teammates be viewing him internally? They'd re- respect his position, but be conflicted to the fact he's decided to potentially finish his career over this. That comes from James in North Hobart. And I've got a quick one on the same topic. Um, Liam Jones would have been jabbed by the club doctors with things he would know nothing about, yet he's got a problem protecting the community. That's a that, bit that, That's a bit presumptuous. You, you don't know what his stance is. That text there I'm doesn't just, know what I'm his just, stance is. Don't point your finger at me, so... Yeah, well... Brutally? Well, that person I'm there, just, that person there needs to... They, they need to do their homework. They don't know what he's taken beforehand. That's very presumptuous of that. Of that, that, that so you've you never had jabs at the club no, I have. 15 years? I have. Mm. But, but how do we know that Liam Jones has? Um, interesting flash. Yeah, interesting. Um, the, the Sam Doherty situation is the, mm. the little kicker in this one as well. Mm. So um, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a watch, watch, watch this space. Uh, flash, McHappy Day coming up Saturday, November 13. $2 from every Big Mac sold, including McDelivery. Goes towards... Helping seriously ill children and their families through what Ronald, Ronald McDonald's house. Uh, I've got some socks. I love them. Um, the delivery is available in select locations. It's available in Bonnet Hill because I've been getting a sneaky little Macca's burger every now and then through quarantine. We've got a massive second hour coming up. Premier Peter Gutwin, Cricket CEO Don Baker and Daniel Garb right here on the Jack and Flash Show on SEN Hobart. 
experience. And we're sitting upstairs at the Harrison Agents office right now, Flash, and you've turned the heater up to full bore. It is absolutely boiling here right now, Flash. What's... Well, it has been quite fresh, mate, if you haven't noticed the last few days. So you're better off keeping the heaters on than making it an ice block to work in. But it's a beautiful morning. It is a beautiful morning. coming through here in Salamanca. It is a beautiful morning down here in Salamanca. Later this hour, though, we've got Premier Peter Gutman. He's going to join us and talk all things Tasmanian Sport Plus Daniel Garb to discuss the Socceroos draw with Saudi Arabia. But right now, Flash, we've got a man that is a big... Well, he's been a heavy hitter in Tasmanian sport for a long time now, being involved in AFL Tasmania. Finds himself currently as the CEO of Cricket Tasmania. That, of course, is Dom Baker. Dom, welcome to Jack and Flash and SEN Hobart. Thanks very much for having me, Lance. Well, Dom, you must have woken up this morning. And I actually, well, uh, did you stay up and watch the T20 last night? Look, I'd love to say I did, Jack, but I'm an old man these days. So, no, I was, I was in bed, but I, got, I did cop the highlights this morning. And uh, fantastic to see, well, Australia um, clean up Pakistan, but also to have Matty Wade as the man of the match. And all boding well for our T20 season, which is on the, uh, it's on the horizon, isn't it? It certainly is, and the BBL season is right around the corner, as you mentioned, and Matthew Wade's been yeah. a fantastic player for the Hobart Hurricanes for a long time now, so you must be absolutely wrapped from a cricketing CEO point of view that we, we, we're starting to build again nicely, the Hurricanes, and it's looking well, to Matthew's, possibly yeah. be a big big uh, summer for us. Yeah, well, Matthew's almost like a recruit for us too, because uh, last year he played uh, a lot of white ball cricket for his country. There's no white ball cricket program through the BBL this year. Um, so having him play every game, and he's our captain as well, I mean, he, just seeing him in the dressing rooms, he lifts the group um, and, and leads the group so well. So, um, you know, really excited about having him for the whole tournament. And um, and he's in good nick, isn't he? So uh, couldn't ask for any better coming into the season. And it'll be an interesting season because uh, with the overseas not, not having access to um, a lot of the overseas players this year because they've all got competing tournaments um, for their countries means that you will be a lot more reliant on your on your local players and uh, we think we've got the best crop, so it'll be good. Good morning, Dom. Flash here. Good to have you on the show, Hi, mate. I, just touching on Wadey again for the minute, we need to focus on that and we've all watched his journey in national and international cricket the last 15 years. He came into a setup. Early days with a, a cliff langer and a pain that got in the way and made his way to Victoria and won a thousand shield finals over there. Didn't he? What? Piled on the runs, got his chance as a wicketkeeper batsman and then was completely ruled out in terms of international getting back into that team. And then he spent two years piling on runs at all forms. So for the Hurricanes, um, he did it for Tassie in the Shield and he did it in the one day format. And then he banged down the door, got himself back in the Ashes, won a couple of a couple hundreds over in England and found his way back in the T20 team. You can't kill him. He is resilient <laughs> as they come, isn't he? <laughs> well, I think, you know, both him and Payne are great stories because they've got similar similar careers, really, in that respect. You know, both written off and both come back. And I think the, the Mark II versions of both those guys are, are so much um, built by that resilience. Uh, so... So they've got an attitude where they know that uh, their international careers could finish, uh, you know, at any time. So, so they're more relaxed about it. And you know, I think Jack, you would have seen no doubt with uh, footballers once they become confident, uh, athletes become confident and comfortable in their own skin. They're no longer threatened by whether they uh, whether they make the side or they don't. They end up being much better athletes for it. And 
Matthew and, and Tim are certainly great examples of that. Matthew in particular, who I think when he came back to Tasmania was a was a pretty bold move because uh, to come back to Tassie as a batsman uh, and a bat in the top five at, at Blunston Arena, uh, where we know the ball nips around a fair bit, is uh, you know that's a pretty brave move. But I, it was a it was a brave move, but a good move because you know every hundred you make at Bell Reeve. Um, is a, is a fantastic hundred, and I know in the eyes of the selectors they go, you know, that's a big tick compared to getting a hundred on a road maybe in Adelaide. So I, I think that actually also did him the world of good too. But um, it'd be great to get him back into our Shield squad as well. We won't see him till after Christmas, unfortunately. But um, you know, he's uh, certainly he, he and Tim are just you know they're, they're our heart and soul. They certainly are, and we're chatting with Don Baker here, the cricket Tasmania CEO. Don, before we chat Ashes and, and everything that's going on there and the moving beast it is, did you catch James Faulkner on the show maybe probably six weeks ago? Um, he certainly didn't miss many people at the Hurricanes. Well, not, not many people. He certainly didn't miss the coach at the Hurricanes. Could you bring up the old wounds, just <laughs> refiring that game? What, what, did, you, did you catch that little episode? And, love it. and what did you think? Well, as a regular listener, of course I, uh, of course I caught it, Jack. And, and look, I spoke to James before he, um, he had the courtesy to ring me and tell me he was going to, go, he was going to be uh, on the show. Uh, and, and look, I, I think James is entitled to uh, have his opinion on on the way things went. Uh, I don't necessarily agree with that opinion, but um, but we want to. You know, I think it's important for him to be able to, to uh, voice that and and to move on. And he's still very much a uh, a friend of Tasmanian cricket. He's um, you know he'll always be part of our cricket family. Um, I've, I'm in regular contact with him. Um, and you know he, he moves on to a different part of his career, um, but he'll always have our support, um, no matter what he does. Would you welcome him back? Would you would you welcome him back with open arms if he decided to come back and play with the Hurricanes? Absolutely, mate. It, absolutely. The door is never closed for people like James, who have been great servants to Tasmanian cricket. And, um, and you know, I, I know in the background that there's uh, there's conversations going on. Um, to, to make sure that he feels like he can come back to our organisation. Uh, I don't know whether he will um, in the short term, but um, you know, it, it, we don't want him to be lost to Tasmanian cricket. He's a legend, James Faulkner. I'm sure that'll take care of itself, Jack, pub going too. forward. Good, good pub shippies. Very much so. I, the cricket's been pub, interesting yeah. <laughs> in Tassie at the moment, Dom. We're in the midst of a, a shield game. The weather hasn't been overly kind to us, but a super game of cricket at Bell Reeve, uh, Tasmania versus mm-hmm. South Australia. For those just joining us, having caught the score at 220 all out, South Australia, an amazing 100 to Henry Hunt from the Redbacks, and Freeman getting wickets, Siddle, remarkable. Um, our, boy, our boy, Sidzy. I've still got to challenge him to that bike ride up Mount Wellington while I'm down here too. Live yeah, well, good luck with that, there. mate, because uh, he's an absolute I've got him covered, Don. I've got you him covered. I've had a look. Yeah. I've had a look at a little. We've got an app together. I've got him covered. Oh, a couple of wickets. Right. Like, yeah, we, Dom. He thinks he's got everybody covered at everything, so he wouldn't <laughs> take too much notice of talk about self confidence. But look, a couple of wickets late last night wasn't ideal, but in a reasonable position, starting early again this morning. It is a significant game. One win, a draw, and a loss from the three games. You. You start to really mount a case to stay at the top end of the table with a maximum result here, don't you? Yeah, and look, we are. I think we're in the driving seat. Um, despite losing those couple of uh, wickets late last night, would have been lovely to go into today's play with Ward or Wakem um, at the crease. But um, Laurie Nile Smith, who's uh, become the you know the Tasmania's new all rounder, um, along 
alongside um, McDermott, who I reckon just bursting to get some runs. So uh, I did talk to him as he came off the ground yesterday. He was, he was uh, saying the wicket is, is starting to really um, flatten out a bit. So, look, we're in the driving seat. I think if we could get through the first hour and a bit today with, some, with, a, with a decent partnership and then put our foot on the accelerator, there's still 200-plus overs in this game to go. Um, it'd be nice to bat for 100 of them and then give us our, ourselves 100 uh, overs to bowl the opposition out. And, and as you say, Flash, I think uh, that would put us pretty much near the top of the table uh, going into Christmas with one more shield game to play in Hobart too. So let's not forget that. That's another opportunity for us. Um, but, you know, how important is it to win games in the shield pre-Christmas? We know that. And every time we ha- we have as a, as a state, we've... We've had a good result, so um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a particular fan of the red ball cricket, um, and I love seeing it back at Blunston Arena. And uh, so it was great to, unfortunately, get washed out the day one, really, but to, to watch some cricket yesterday was fantastic. Well, we speak about red ball cricket, and there's no higher standard of red ball cricket than Australian Test cricket, and of course, the Ashes are just around the corner, and we, we've turned into becoming a, a big player in the push for the, the fifth test in Hobart. Where, where does it sit from your end of the point of view at the moment as CEO of, of Cricket Tasmania, Dom? Uh, well, look, I think the reality is that the the preference and the schedule says that the game will be in Western Australia, and Cricket Australia will do everything they can to get that game played in Western Australia. What we're working on is being that, that viable alternative to Western Australia if the game's unable to be played there. Um, that's meant that you know we've uh, we've done a bit of work on the economics. Um, we know that that time of the year is a fantastic time of the year to be playing in Tassie. In the past, all our test matches have been pre-Christmas, um, and that's not great weather for us, as we as we know. We'd rather play after Christmas. Um, so look, we're, we're we're a really live alternative if the game can't go ahead in Perth, and I think really that's just going to come down to the Western Australian government. So I heard you on the on the trailer. You've got Pete in. Uh, Later on this morning too, and he's been yep. he's a big supporter. We've been we've been working with him on uh, you know on how to bring something together. But I think we've got a viable alternative we can put in front of Cricket Australia, and uh, I'd like to think if it doesn't go to Western Australia, it'll come to Tasmania. How, as a CEO of a sporting organisation, how much uh, promise does it fill you with when the Premier of the state comes in and and, and backs your organisation in so strongly to to get an event like this? Oh, mate, look, it's, it, in Tasmania, your relationship with the government is so important, much more important than it probably is in other states um, because of the close proximity that you have to government and because of the lack of, of uh, other corporate support in the community here. You've really got to have a strong relationship with government. And, look, Peter has been fantastic, not just on this issue, but I'll rewind back 18 months um, to the start of COVID. We... We sat down and had a really great conversation with him, not with our hand out, but just really painted a picture for him of what the dynamics of our business were like. Uh, and he took the time to understand that. Um, and he's worked with us on several things, getting the WBBL here, which was a major coup for Tasmania, to have um, those 26 games played here. Um, not just great for the sport, but economically it was fantastic for the economy. Uh, he really understands that, and he knows that, uh, I think, for Tasmania and for the self-esteem of the state, having professional sport played here is so important and, um, you know, invaluable as a sporting uh, administrator to have that um, to have that support, mate. So, yeah, we're big fans of Peter. Uh, his access to him is excellent. You know, he's, 
probably too good to be honest because I think he he's compromises his own his own well-being sometimes for to, to allow all of us to get at him. But um, look, mate, he's doing a sterling job, and it is great support to have a premier that not just loves sport but is really keen on on using sport to get the economy clicking over as well. The romance in cricket, Dom, has uh, always been something very uh, important, very Ooh, symbolic. The heartstrings. Very much so. And, um, look, I don't think any of us know what Tim Payne's doing in the future, by the way. He might play for another two years. Who knows? But that potential to have a fifth test in Hobart, the crowds are going to come. Let's be clear about that before we move for any forward. From north as well. Of course they're going to come. Everyone's coming. Yep. The fact that the skipper, Tim Payne, potentially holding the little urn as we walk down past the hill, pumping the fist. Jack will be there with the girls. <laughs> Everyone will be there. It sounds magnificent. That's my my daughter's it? flash, not the girls. My daughters will be there with me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's yeah, get that sure, one mate. straight. Uh, oh, look, exactly. It's funny you say it. Yeah, like cricket is a, is a sport that's got that kind of tradition and that, uh, you know, ironically, we play... South Australia at the moment after the passing of the great Keith Bradshaw, a great Tasmanian, and that's oh, funny yes, how it kind of brings these things up, doesn't it? Um, I wouldn't be writing Paney off though, just by the way. Either no. I think he probably, he'll play he'll play a lot more cricket than what uh, than what some of the punters might think. But um, but look, it, it does certainly have a uh, has a certain romance about it, doesn't it? Uh, Payne leading. Uh, Australia out on Tavilrevo Oval at the Blunston Arena with uh, a series tied two two. Um, and as you say, Flash, don't worry about the crowds because this could potentially be the biggest sporting occasion in Tasmania's history, really. I think, mm. you know, um, out of all the things that we've been lucky enough to do, like two AFL no finals last year was superb, but I mean, an Ashes Test match, um, gee, it's, it's, it's probably as big as it gets in sport um, at the moment, isn't it? And, Dom, quickly, we've got one off the text, and it's come from Tim. Um, Tim Payne, I'm going to out him straight away. <laughs> He's told us to ask you, why do they call you CC? No, uh, well, that's his name for me. He's the confidence coach, because uh, when you join a sporting organisation, Jack, you've got to immerse yourself in it. And as you know, the big fella, Brendan, doesn't mind getting in the gym down there at uh, Pump He Road. loves getting on the green uh, stuff, too, on the, on the grass. Yeah, so... Um, <laughs> The turf, Flash, <laughs> come on. Yeah, well, yeah Jesus. Um, but, uh, you know, I don't mind having uh, trouble with the nets, mate. And, uh, you know, I like to get a, bu- a batsman that's out of form. And uh, so we jump into this one over here, son. And uh, I will roll a few seam-up mediums to you. And, uh, Beautiful. You know, and, and you can, you know, you just ply your trade. And the next thing you know, you know, they're in form. Young Dorsey, young, uh, great, great young fella, Jake Doran, a couple of years ago. Wasn't quite going as well as uh, as potentially he could have done. Just got him in the outside indoor net there and bowled a few to him. And he came out and got 64. And the next time I walked down to the nets, there was a queue of blokes there, uh, mate. Just waiting to <laughs> get the fairy dust from the, uh, from the confidence coach, mate. So, uh, very but, yeah, good, Dom. But, yeah, I'm not going to turn ahead anyway. If your not going that well, just, just yell out. Um, yeah. you know, I'm an expert at everything. That's like yourself. <laughs> uh, very good, Dom. Well, thank you for joining us. Dom Baker, the Cricket Tasmania CEO. We really appreciate it, mate. And uh, watch this Pleasure, space boy. with the, uh, the Ashes test. Yeah, good on you, lads. Have a good day. Thank you, Dom. Up next, though, we'll be heading into the World Game Flash. Daniel mm. Garb will be joining us to wrap all things up from the Socceroos World Cup qualifier last night. This is Jack and Flash on SEN Hobart. Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today.
1629 SEN Hobart, Jack and Flash with Jack Revolt and David Lifter. Welcome back to Jack and Flash right here on SEN Hobart and proudly brought to you by Harrison Agents uh, at Realist Tasmania's Real Estate Experts. Flash, you are one of Tasmania's Real Estate Experts. Now, did you catch soccer last night, Flash? It was a big, big I game. I did. I did. Watched it all. Disappointing result in the end, you would think. They certainly looked to have a lot of momentum, mind you. The Saudis did. Nearly get one through themselves, but... A draw's okay. Okay. It was wet. It was, it was, it was. And our man on the ground at the stadium last night, Parramatta Stadium, where 23,000 screaming Aussies was Daniel Garb, soccer commentator, and he loves the world game. Daniel, welcome to Jack and Flash. Thanks for having me, boys. Nice to make my debut on Tasmania's number one show. It certainly is Tasmania's number one show. Better than a, better than Brent Costello's show. Flashman doesn't like him, but uh, mate, you travel the world with a world game. And uh, last night, well, all eyes or all Australian eyes were on Parramatta Stadium, Bankwest Stadium. There, twenty three thousand people at the ground, and unfortunately, a zero zero result wasn't the fitting yeah. end we wanted, was it? Not ideal, but not devastating. In the same breath, you know, it's a, it's a result that Australia can cop. But at home, you just want to take three points at every opportunity. The Saudis are a very good side. We saw that last night. They had a number of opportunities. And in the end, the Socceroos were probably lucky to come away with the point. It keeps destiny in our own hands. So we stay second in the group. The top two qualify automatically for the Qatar World Cup next year. And we're at the halfway mark now. But what we have done with our last two results, the loss to Japan and then the draw to Saudi last night is allow Japan right back into it. So they beat Vietnam away last night. The gap is now closed to just a point. Third place goes into the playoffs. Japan are in third on nine points. We're in second on ten. The Saudis are three points ahead at the top of the group. So we're okay. We've got destiny in our own hands, but we need to get back to winning ways soon because Japan are coming pretty quickly now and, uh, and looking like a much better team. So the game against China away on Tuesday night is another important one. The disappointing aspect for Australia, apart from aspects of their performance last night, is the bad injury to, to Harry Suter, the Stoke centre-back who, by all reports, is on a fast track to the Premier League, be it with Stoke or with another club who wants to sign him. It looks like an ACL. It, it does. Oh, no. um, he, he went down clutching the back of his knee, Jack. You know what that's all about obviously from teammates and colleagues and whatever and you know how mm. devastating it is for for someone's career when you see that that's not confirmed yet he's having scans this morning but graham arnold's comments last night he said he's distraught for him um, he reckons he's the best center back in asia and it doesn't look good so hopefully that's there's a respite and it's just a yeah hopefully it's a medial or a posterior but it does look like the dreaded acl and that would just be such a huge step back for someone who has a massive career ahead of him Good morning, Daniel. A couple of other big results last night. China didn't get the three points versus Oman, 1-1 in Iraq mm. and Syria, 1-0. So you really look at that next game against China, it stacks up as a significant contest away from home because you're three points there and you really put a little gap between them and us, so to speak, yep. I guess, Daniel. And that, that sort of shapes now as almost the most pivotal game of the tournament for the Socceroos, doesn't it? They're all massive games now. I mean, we've got five games yep. left. They all feel like grand finals. I mean, three points in every one of them just has such a huge bearing on your chances of qualifying for a, for a fifth straight World Cup in Australia's instance. And we don't want to go through the playoffs. We went through that in the lead-up to the Russian World Cup. And while we got through in the end, you know, Syria almost knocked us out 
on home turf. Um, that can be dangerous. In playoffs, one little mistake can trip you up. So they don't want to be in that position. We started the, the group so well, and now it's getting a little bit tricky, as we thought it would at some stage. The problem for Australia at the moment is that Tom Rogic isn't there, Aaron Boy isn't there, away to China again. It's on neutral territory in the UAE, so that helps Australia a little bit. Their record there has been pretty good so far. Um, but you need those players who can just unlock the defence and open things up. And they had a bit of that last night, but maybe we lacked a little bit of polish in the final third. We were a little bit rusty, I thought, in terms of our combination. We certainly tested the Saudis. We had opportunities to win it. And then I think after Harry Suter went off, um, you could tell that the boys were deflated. Um, when they see one of their mates stretch it off like that, and it looked like a serious injury, and that opened up the door for the Saudis who could have won it. So they need to be a bit better against China, albeit against slightly weaker opposition. So hopefully they can get back to winning ways. All eyes will be on that game come Tuesday night against the Chinese over there in China. Garby, thanks for joining us, mate. We really appreciate it. Thanks, boys. All the best. Go well. Daniel Garb there, soccer commentator uh, for Fox Sports and SEN as well. And this man here, he's joined us again for the third time, uh, our Premier, Peter Gutwin. Peter, welcome back to the show. Jack, morning. How are you? How are you both? I'm very good. I'm, morning, I'm, I'm, Premier. My first day out of quarantine, Premier, so I'm absolutely flying <laughs> right now. I've just been able to get out of home quarantine and I am charging the streets of Hobart. And I'll be heading up the highway to actually flash to go to Launceston. Premier, we, well, we always... Jack, spend up, spend up big now that we've let you out. Good luck. Well, I'm not allowed to. Jackie Lambie wants to ban us all from being mainland. Very buying deep pockets, down. Premier. Uh, well, Premier, Always when, when we have a yeah. sorry, when we have a big Tasmanian sporting issue, we get you on the agenda, and you spoke. We spoke about this about six weeks ago with Tim Payne, the Australian Test cricket captain, about getting this test, and it's starting to to get close. You've thrown the cat amongst the pigeons a little bit with the Western Australian government by putting it on the public record that you've made contact to, to Cricket Australia. Where does it all sit for you at the moment? Well, I wrote formally to um, Cricket Australia, and obviously I've had a number of discussions with them over the last um, uh, five to six weeks. In fact, a um, uh, number of discussions with Cricket Tasmania as well, and obviously we're very keen to have that fifth test played here. And I'd make the point, um, I do see that the West Australian government's scrambling a little bit at the moment, um, offering some sort of uh, quarantine light, should they be able to have the test. Um, but I'd make the point with that, um, you know, even if they drop and change their rules so that they can have the test, um, the border rules in Western Australia will mean that thousands of cricket lovers from around the country uh, still won't be able to see the fifth test line, uh, whereas they could here in Tasmania. So I think we've got a really strong case to put. It, it, it's, a great, it's a great point, Premier, because the Western Australian Government has reached out and, and uh, in the, well, I suppose, a, a token peace offering has thrown a five-day quarantine up for, for players and the ability to train during that five-day period. But... The media, um, as you're saying, Premier, the fans that want to get there, the logistics of it just doesn't work out in the long run. And for mine, some people may have seen this as a little bit of a clip back to Tassie and a backward step in the push for the Hobart test, but I actually see it as a as a really strong movement forward to, to show that Tasmania will be open. 15th of December, you've put it on the agenda, we will be open, we'll be accepting people from all over the country and, and all over the world, that it strengthens our case, surely. Look, I think it does, and I think it, it draws a, a pretty clear distinction between Tasmania and, um, and WA. You know, obviously, you know, I, I feel very firmly that we're one of the, the safest places on the planet here in Tasmania. Um, WA's been pretty good as well in keeping its people safe. 
But the difference between us is that um, WA has uh, lagged and failed with its vaccination program. Um, you know, their vaccination rates are uh, behind everybody else in the country. Uh, and as a result, they'll be opening later. Now, Tasmania's in a really strong position here. You know, we'll make certain that as people um, enter from the 15th of December that they're fully vaccinated and if they're coming from uh, Sydney or New South Wales for that first month that they'll have a test. Uh, but across the state right now we're over 90% first dose in terms of vaccination and we're over 80% second dose. And you know, I'd encourage Tasmanians to keep turning up for that. But the difference between the states is that, you know, quite simply that you know, WA have um, not been able to keep up with its vaccination program. They'll be opening later. Uh, even if they do let the cricket team uh, cricketers come across, as we've just discussed, there'll be thousands, thousands of um, sports-loving Aussies, and including, I'd imagine, the travelling Barmy Army, uh, that won't be able to enter um, WA. And so I think we've got a pretty strong case, Jack. I really do. Premier, I read an interesting piece from the age from Dan Braddock, and he's suggesting the players hold the key to keeping the Ashes test. Players have made it very clear they don't want to go into a bubble or a quarantine again if they don't support. Could all fall through. Will you work with the Players Association getting the support to move the test if it get, gets down that path? Well, obviously, I think the players are, um, are pretty clear in their thinking around this, and I, I agree with them. I think you know, the country's uh, moving forward, and I think it would be a retrograde step if, um, if the players um, needed to go back into quarantine to hold a test in Perth that, to be frank, uh, a lot of Australians that would want to turn up to it couldn't attend. And so, you know, I think Tasmania's case is, uh, is strong. Um, I'll have a conversation with um, uh, Nick Hockley once he returns from the World Cup um, and we'll just work our way through it. Uh, you know, I think uh, Tassie's in a great spot and to hold the fifth Ashes test here, um, and for Paney as well, I just think it'd be brilliant. And look, and I, I must say, um, you know, we haven't touched on it, but what about Wadey last night? Um, wasn't that just sensational? Um, you know, and again, you know, Tasmanian-born cricketers uh, just doing what they do best, and that is being the best in the world. Something that Tasmanians do in general is that we continue to bat out of our out of our depth, and we bat way above the way we we we. A small state. We only got five, five hundred thousand people. Flash. And Did you get out of bed, Premier? That's the first yeah, question you, I'm yeah. interested in. Yeah. Well, like, I actually watched um, the highlights on um, Sky this morning, and what was interesting, I think I, I saw Wadey hit the ball five times, and that was half his innings. I saw. Yeah, he did. I, I saw the majority of his innings, and um, it was uh, it was five or six shots. But um, now, look, he did a great job, uh, a fantastic job, and um, I think. Um, you know, Jack, like it just makes the point, as you say, you know, we continue to step up. We continue to bat well above our, our average. Um, now, occasionally we get robbed. You know, I still think you should have got mark of the year. Um, oh, but, joke, uh, that Premier. Thank you for the, the commiseration text, too. I do appreciate that. No problems. It, um, you know, as I said to you, um, I think the last time I was on, um, you know, it's one thing taking a screamer. It's another to um, put your life at risk while you're doing it. You did that. You know, it showed real courage, and I thought on that basis, um, you should have got the... Uh, should have got mark of the year. But anyway, setting that aside, look, I think we're in a good spot in terms of um, uh, being able to make our case for the fifth test. And you know, whilst WA have come to the, the table late with, um, you know, uh, as I say, lockdown light, I think the players don't want it. Um, I'm sure it's not in the best interest of the fans and uh, we'll continue to argue our case moving forward.
One thing you've done, Premier, is you've you've really pushed Tasmanian sport, certainly in the last three months with the two AFL finals that we've had, and and uh, now the push for this test here. There must be a, there's a, obviously a financial component to it. How easy is it for you to go? Yep, yeah, we will back this with the, the government support because we spoke to Don Baker, Cricket Tasmania CEO, before, and he said that the, the relationship with the government in terms of the financial aspects that come with it is the most important one. Well, I think there are two parts to this. One is that um, in terms of the financial support that we provide, now I think it's interesting if you look at, say, uh, the support for AFL. Um, you know, Hawthorne, when it plays uh, in Launceston, you know, usually four games, uh, the, it's cost the state um, you know, on an ongoing basis around $4 million a year. But that returns an economic benefit of well in excess of $30 million every year. And so there's a, a very strong economic benefit um, for holding these sorts of events. And a five-day test in Hobart, uh, not only would it um, bring people through the turnstiles, but it puts us on the national and the international stage. And I think that that's, um, you know, it provides um, you know, enormous benefit in that regard in terms of ensuring that people around the world know just how good uh, the state of Tasmania is. But the other thing that it does as well is that it sends a, a message to... Um, to uh, young, our young kids, boys and girls, um, that you know, you can be as good as anybody uh, in this country. You, know, you can be as good as anybody uh, on this planet, and I think that's the um, the message that um, uh, having a, a pathway to elite sport sends. And what that'll do, it'll ensure that we've got you know more kids playing sport, whether it be football, cricket, soccer, basketball. Um, you know, I note that um, you know this Sunday we've got the launch of the Blitz at the. Um, uh, newly uh, named um, and uh, renovated My State Arena. Uh, and that's going to see, you know, I'd, I'd say, you know, world-class basketball being played um, here in Tasmania. And, you know, what that does, again, sends that message that, um, you know, Tasmanians can, um, can step up onto the national stage. It provides an economic benefit, but it's a fantastic uh, draw card to get more of our young Tasmanians playing sport. How do you see the the Jack Jumpers venture coming along, Premier? It's very exciting, as you mentioned. The MyState Bank Arena officially opened over the weekend. The Blitz is here in town, and December three is going to be the the debut of the the Jack Jumpers. The momentum from the outside looking in looks really significant at the moment. Got a um, I, I say a sneak preview of um of MyState uh, last Sunday as I was coming down and. Uh, the job that's been done by um, a great Tasmanian building company in Voss is, fan- is fantastic. It looks like um, uh, it's a, a brand new stadium. That's what it feels like. And but importantly for the Jack Jumpers, they've got real momentum at the moment. And yeah, you know, they've engaged with the community. They've engaged um, at all levels, um, with um, from kids through to our corporates. And yeah, you know, they are they're going to be a very successful um, addition to the state. I think both in terms of um, what their win-loss ratio is over time, because they've got a fantastic uh, cracker team that they'll be putting on the court um, first up. Uh, but importantly, um, you know, they're actually encouraging more people to, to the sport. And again, you know, Tasmania will be front and centre on that um, basketball jumper when they run out. And I just think it's fantastic. And go the Jack Jumpers. Well, I'm glad, Premier, that you mentioned that you had a little sneak preview of it. And it's the, the self-appointed... Number one ticket holder, of course, is Tim Payne, and he's already told mm. me that he'll be sitting 1A. Mm. You'll be 1B if that's the case. Premier, so, d- tell me, tell me, did you get a little glimpse of your own seat there courtside? Mm. Is, uh, what sort of, is it, a, it wouldn't be plastic flash, certainly a leather number, Premier, surely. 
Look, can I, one of the things that struck me, and uh, to be frank, I didn't look at um, the seat numbers, to be honest, but one of the things that uh, struck me, and I walked You're 1A, Premier. You're 1A, you're guaranteed. One of the things, one of the things that I, I did notice, um, Jack, um, and uh, took some time to look at, is regardless of where you sit in that stadium, um, you have a fantastic view of the court, the way that they've, um, they've uh, rebuilt the stadium. Uh, it's just uh, brilliant, the work that's gone on. Um, you know, it'll be great for those people that are um, wanting to watch. It'll be great for those that are participating. And importantly, I think, um, as I've said on many occasions, these sorts of national um, uh, teams in, or teams in national sporting um, competitions put us on the national and international stage. And you know, I can tell you, my state bank arena is a fantastic stage. Well, Premier, we really do appreciate you joining us again. And um, on behalf of all the sports lovers here in Tasmania, Flash, we appreciate the charge that you're putting forward. We are two Premiership, two AFL finals, and of course the hunt now for that fifth test. And we're loving the job that you're doing. So thank you, Premier, and thank you for joining us again on Jack and Flash on SEN. Jack and Flash, thanks very much. And um, no worries. We'll chat again on, at some stage, I'm sure. Cheers. Take care, No guys. doubt. Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today. On 1629 SEN Hobart, Jack and Flash with Jack Revolt and David Lifko. Welcome back to the last few minutes here of the Jack and Flash show, proudly brought to you by Harrison Agents, Tasmania's real estate experts. Flash, the Premier just came in and went bang there, didn't he? Whack! Absolutely. I've got a couple of texts have come through. You've got a couple, oh, got a couple of you. I'll, I'll go first. Uh, this one's come off the text line. Love our Premier. Goes into bat for us. WA can get stuffed. Bring the ashes here and let's send Paney off in style. That one comes from George in Glenorchy. I can't see the players supporting going into quarantine again, given it was such a sticking point for, the, for England to come out here. Surely they would support moving to Tassie instead of the, so the tour can just roll on. That one comes from Steve. You got, got a couple? One. Yeah, I do. Big Al from Penguin said... Wow, the Premier just smashed WA. Go Tassie. Thank you, Big Al. Big Al from Penguin. The, <laughs> the Penguin pen pusher, I'm going to call him. Another one off the text on This one comes from Harry and Bernie. Smirk McGowan won't like that. Haha, <laughs> love it from the Premier. Quarantine light. We could start a hashtag up here, Flash. Quarantine light. I'll put it to you. So it's going to be a sticking point for the players. And we know it's already, it was already a sticking point for the England cricket team to come out here due to the fact that there is no quarantine over there in England where they mm. are. They're going to do two weeks up there in Brisbane. They've got a tour match, um, a couple of tour matches before they get into the, the, the test at the Gabba. Does our boy Tim Payne, no doubt he's got Joe Root's phone number, or he can get it pretty pretty easily. Mm. Could he just, under the radar, flick him a text saying, all right, once we're out of quarantine, let's catch up and have a coffee because I want to, I want to go out in a bang and play Oh, well, hang on. Down look, here. Look, um, oh, in he can be self-absorbed at times, but he's not, gonna, he's not going down that part. He doesn't want to go to Perth. He wants of course to he come. doesn't want to go to Perth. Well, he's not going to say, Joe, listen, I want to have a swang song. No, no, but it's, it's, it's win-win. Joe, you don't want to do quarantine again. Ah, uh, yeah, they're right. There's the seal. Okay. You don't want to do there quarantine again. I've got, a, I've got a state-of-the-art cricket ground that, mm. let's be honest, will suit the English seamers because of the, the cloud cover we get it here. Will. Ben Hilvenhouse made an absolute career oh, playing. Jackson Bird. Yeah, Jackson Bird playing cricket down here. Do, do they just come to some sort of informal agreement over a coffee 
and then they push together. You're suggesting informal agreements happen in professional sport that we'll oh, never know about? 100% they do, but I'm just saying, why would you... What, why sort would, of cash operations? Or? No, not cash operations, <laughs> but I'm saying that I think Payne should reach out to Joe Root and say, hey, neither of us want to do quarantine. No. I want to play in Tassie. Let's make it happen. Look, all I know is this. If this happens, this, as the Premier or Don Baker both pointed out, this would be the greatest moment in Tasmanian sporting history. Oh, we've just got to make this happen. How can we, how can we make it? And you, you were right. You put this on the agenda two months ago. I'm not going to blow your trumpet any further than Nostradamus. that. Nostradamus. <laughs> Uh, the Blitz, uh, NBA, NBL Blitz, sorry, starts this Sunday. Jack Jumpers v Brisbane. The Bullets, 1pm at the My State Arena. Sold out flash. Sold out. The people are talking with their feet, aren't they? They are. They are. And this is the thing. Your your game, that oh, my game too, AFL footy, we love it. Well, that's a, we know it's our passion. But guess what? People have got that equal passion for basketball. And the longer you don't have a team down here... Basketball's just going to ride the wave. Cricket as well. You've got to give the kids something. The kids are going to turn up in droves. I can't wait to see the reaction. Can't wait for round one, which is what, less than a month away now. Quick one on today. What are you expecting to see? Tasmania v South Australia at Bunsen Arena. The wicket looked pretty flat by the end of it. Um, those couple of wickets they lost late at Ward and Wakeham was not ideal. Um, the night watchman, Neil Smith, in there with McDermott. I'd love to see McDermott go and make a big, big hundred. Um, the wicket looks flat. They should be able to set them... A bit of a task. What we know with that wicket now at Bell Reeve is as the game goes on, it tends to get flatter. That's the only issue. Sometimes day four, it's an absolute road. <laughs> Quick going off the text line. This is coming late from JB. Flash, you got that brown jacket on this morning? No, a little no, sort little of blue little, little knit number on this morning. Uh, quick plug here for the Women's Social Smash, which starts Monday here in Tasmania, with two programs being run in Glenorchy and Devonport. Sensational. The Women's Social Smash is a new initiative from Cricket Australia to get women involved in cricket, it's fun, fast-paced social game. It'll run for the five weeks from November 15th. You can find out more at playcricket.com. We've got to au. get the girls involved more. I know you're already starting to think about Poppy's leggies oh, or whether she no, can... she can clunk. Like can she? Yeah, she's Beautiful. pretty good with the... With a sort of balloon football, we sort of... I've got her into overhead marking already. At two and a half years old, I find that pretty pretty fascinating, actually. Oh, have to be a pr- prodigious child of yours, I would have thought, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah. Well, Flash, another great episode here. Uh, it's We had a star-studded line-up again. Good luck today calling the cricket. Let's Looking forward hope, to it. Let's okay. hope we can bat for 100 overs, as Don Baker said. Neutral commentator here, have, mate. Don't know what you're talking about. Uh, then we can have a crack at South Australians and bowl them out for... Hopefully another, so we don't have to bat again. Kane Corns is up next with the captain's run. This is Jack and Flash.